Thanks so much for your company. I am Pius Kujubaka. We can now settle for our stories. The National Petroleum Authority has revealed the mode of liquefied petroleum gas importation into Ghana. The new method will go through an open competitive bidding process. The NPA says the decision to use open competitive tenders for the importation of LPG is to reduce costs and ensure efficiency. According to the regulator, it held a successful maiden competitive bidding on Monday, 29th, January 2024. It added that a proposal for the open competitive tenders was approved after consultation with the bulk import distribution and export companies, with a majority of them supporting it. Let's bring in the views of the vice president of the LPG Marketers Association, Gabriel Kumi, for some discussion on the back of this. Thanks so much, Gabriel, for joining me here on the Marketplace. Um, I want to know, were you as an organization engaged before and during this exercise of the Made in Open Competitive Tender for LPG imports into the country? Were you? Um, obviously, we were not uh, consulted, but we don't have a problem with that because this has got to do with those who, who do the importation. That is the bulk of your distributors. They are the people who bring in the products from, from, from wherever, and we as marketers purchase the product from them. And then we distribute it through our outlets and sell to consumers. So we are not too worried that we are not consulted. But oh, at least okay. we've talking to the BDCs, we've, we, we, we know what is going on. Mm. I guess then you agree with the NPA when it says that this process, basically to open um, a tendering, will reduce the cost of LPG to consumers, right? Obviously, that, 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 that is in the right direction. I mean, we as an association have consistently call on government and the MPA to ensure that the price of LPG comes down so that the ordinary Ghanaian can use LPG so we cannot benefit from the enormous uh, benefit that we have by consuming much more LPG. So this is a welcome news to us. Um, anything that is done by government and that is done by MPA to ensure that the price of LPG comes down is something that, that, that we, we, we really appreciate. Because as, as, as I always say, for the past three years, the the, the consumption of LPG has been on the decline. So, and the 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 ninety nine percent of the reason attributed attributed to this decline is the fact that the price of the product has gone so high that the ordinary Ghanaian is not able to afford. So, if MPA has made such a move to ensure that um, the price, it's, it's, it's a welcome news to to us, and, mm. and 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 we are looking forward to that. But to what we also want to caution is that um, this MPA should, should, should ensure that this is, this is done well and is done efficiently. Because what this simply means is that uh, over a period of about three months, it's only one BDC which, who, who is going to import product into, into, into the system and distribute, distribute this product to, to other BDCs for, for, for us as marketers to go and live from them. So any failure on the part of the winner of such a bid can, can create a massive shortage in the system. Because currently every BDC does, does its own import. So if we are going to do a competitive bidding and have that responsibility on the shoulder of just one BDC, MPA should ensure that these BDCs perform to the mass. Otherwise, um, the country will be in trouble. Should they, f I don't know what the the plan B's MPA has, has put in place in mm. case the one who wins the BDC, the, the, the bidding fails. 
But um, there is a policy, and, and, and uh, we are quite confident that they are putting all the measures in place to ensure that any BDC that wants that wins a bid is able to, 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 to really deliver. All right. So, Gabriel, let me find this from you. Do you think that the exchange rate volatilities could affect the opening tendering process? Do you think so? Obviously, that will. If we are not able to stabilize our city, whatever gains we are likely to, to, to enjoy from this this process will be eroded by depreciation of the city. I mean, per this process, the, the BDC that wins the, the, the bid is able to, 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 to have the muscle to, to negotiate for lower prices. Um, you are able to buy a bigger parcel of about maybe 30,000 metric tons or 40,000 metric tons. Unlike currently where BDCs are buying 5,000, 2,000, 3,000, that will give them, uh, that will enable them to enjoy some economies of scale and then that, can, that will also give them the bargaining power to be able to, to bargain with whoever they are buying from for a lower price. And, and that, will, uh, that is expected to translate to us as marketers for, so that we can also translate such lower price to, to our consumers. So right. the home price of LPG can come mm. relatively low. And Gabriel, even before you go, I know this is of great interest to you as well as it is to our viewers. Um, the cylinder recirculation model, I do remember, was launched uh, sometime in 1st September. Six months on, how successful has that uh, implementation been? Uh, um, I don't think it's been as successful as we would have wished it, 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 it is. Um, you are a media person. This was launched about six months ago. Uh, six months on, we haven't really seen the practical implementation of CRM on the ground. We will advise that the MTA goes back to the drawing table, and, and, and we all go back to the drawing table and take a second look at the way we are, we are going about the implementation. We will advise that the MTA goes back to some of the advice as we gave as practical uh, players on the field. We gave to MPA, some of which were were, were rejected. Um, I'm sure uh, by now MPA have seen that there was, uh, with due respect, some wisdom in those advice we gave, which were not taken. But it's never too late yet. Um, I'm sure if we all go back to the drawing table, we can uh, reshape the policy and, and, and ensure that the policy sees uh, the light of day. All right. Thank you very much, Gabriel Kumi, Vice President of the LPG Market Association of Ghana, speaking to us on the back Thank of you. that directive there. Thank you so much, sir. Let's say one longer within the petroleum downstream sector, and some oil marketing companies have started increasing prices of petroleum products at the pumps. Now, market leader Goyle is selling a litre of diesel at 13 cities, 49 pesos, and petrol at 12 cities, 69 pesos. Now, this represents some marginal rise. And Joy Business understands that some OMCs are in the process of adjusting prices at the pumps in the coming hours. Now, the increase can be attributed to recent depreciation of the city and the rising prices of crude oil on the international market. Abbas Tasunti is head of economic regulation at the National Petroleum Authority and joins us live for more um, discussion on this as well. Thanks so much, Abbas, for your time here on the marketplace. Already, some oil marketing companies have started increasing prices at the pumps based on data submitted. Will the increase be widespread? Price increments happen, increments or reduction happen in line with what happens on the international market and also um, the exchange rate. So the price increments you are seeing is something that affects all oil marketing companies. 
So we're starting from yesterday, which was the first day of the window, um, the new uh, prices started to take effect. So we would have realized that some oil marketing companies have already started uh, increasing their prices. From our projection, the prices are going to affect every OMZ, and therefore we expect that from their own point of view, they will make uh, different price adjustments as in line with the price regulation policy. So it's all oil marketing companies that are expected to revise their prices. All the oil distribution companies say they have started buying products from Central um, Oil Refinery. Uh, I know you are excited about this, but as a regulator, what will be the expected impact on prices, especially when we have um, cited the city as a major contributor um, price uh, review? So I think uh, we've said on a number of occasions that the operation of local refineries is a plus. First of all, from the point of view of um, product uh, availability and sustainable availability, security, uh, product supply security is very, very important for us to know that local refineries when they're operational, it helps us. In terms of price, it's not very direct uh, because even if the product is being refined here, the crude oil is still imported and you need Forex to import the crude oil. So it is not a direct, uh, there's no direct relationship with a local refinery operating and having an impact on um, prices. What we rather expect is that that local refinery should operate efficiently because all petroleum products are still benchmarked on international prices. A local refinery here producing the price they will benchmark it to what the other refineries in the world are, are, are selling at. So our interest here mainly is to ensure there's, there's a, the sustainability of products coming from the local refinery. But in terms of price, we continue to ensure that even the local refinery is also priced in accordance with the pricing regulations we have. So if there's going to be any uh, benefit we have from pricing, that's if the refinery is very efficient. What happens is that the importers will stop importing and then will prefer to buy from the local refinery because it makes sense to import from the local refinery. But that local refinery is not going to sell the product in cities to the uh, bulk import and distribution and export companies because it also needs the dollars to pay for the crude that it imports. All right, so let's move away from these areas. What is the status of OMC's OIN, MPA, and plans to review the licensing requirements? So um, for OMC's OMPA, since last year, we've had a very rigorous uh, process in place now. We do not allow companies to owe us debt. We, we put in a measure from, uh, to in, ensure that we collect all revenues that are owed MPA for 2022. And the majority of that, as of last year, before the year ended, we had collected about 90% of that, that with what was owed us at 2022. But for 2023, with the new measures we have in, OMCs are not allowed to accumulate debt. So if you owe for a month and you've not paid, you are immediately suspended from operation so that you do not accumulate, accumulate debt to the MPA. All right. Abbas, now that I have you um, earlier, I spoke to the vice president of the LPG Market Association on the, back, on the back of so many issues with respect to the uh, cylinder recirculation module. For them, they believe that its implementation hasn't been effective and they've tabled some proposals to you. What have you got to say to that? Um, so I listened to that interview and uh, it's interesting that uh, he mentioned that some advice they give us which we did not take. I, th- I think since the implementation of or the discussions about the implementation of this policy, we've engaged every single stakeholder that is needed to be part of this policy. Remember that in, uh, when you are implementing policies and you leave out your stakeholders, the policy will not be successful. So we've been engaging all um, stakeholders, including the Association of LPG Marketing Companies. So with regards to the implementation of this policy, as he said, I think he's saying um, it's not been successful because he's not seen 
in the um, exchange point operating yet. Mm. But since September, when we announced the start of the cylinder recirculation model, there has been a lot that has been done. Um, obviously, uh, you do not immediately see the uh, cylinders, I mean the exchange and cylinders at the point at the um, filling stations. Just yesterday, we've had meetings with the bottling plants and their marketers. What we are expecting to have is that right from this quarter, we are going to start seeing the um, cages at the stations. Since we announced the start of the implementation of the policy from September 2023, a number of them have submitted a list of stations they want to use to supply the cylinders. They've submitted the stations. We've gone to review and uh, look at them to make sure that they've met the requirements. They've also been working on the cages and their cylinders. So we've been giving updates. Just yesterday, we had a meeting with all the bottling plants. Mm-hmm. And we've been giving updates as to where, when they are going to start operation. A number of them, I think over 100 cylinder exchange points have so far been approved to start operation. And so from this quarter, we are going to start seeing that. So like I said, starting the policy is not just about seeing the cages at the, um, at the, at the, uh, at the filling plants immediately. A lot is being done to make sure that they are ready and from the updates that we've had from the bottling from the bottling plants, we are very positive that very soon consumers will start seeing these cages at the exchange points. All right. Finally, what becomes of the open uh, mode of LPG importation into Ghana? What becomes of it now? Actually, proposed to be done as part of the implementation of the cylinder recirculation model. I think from the very onset, we've mentioned that the cylinder recirculation model, the objective is to increase the consumption of LPG. And we are aware that one of the, uh, the uh, three key things that we, 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 we noted as part of this implementation is one, access to LPG, availability of the product, and also affordability. Definitely now that we have the cylinder exchange points, access is going to be very easy. Uh, getting access to cylinders is going to be very easy because they are going to be close to consumers. Availability is something that as a regulator, we always ensure that products are available for consumption. Now, affordability has always been a key issue that comes up whenever we discuss issues about LPG. And just like Mr. Kumi said, they've made several proposals for us to ensure that the price of LPG comes down. So from where we sit as a regulator, we monitored how LPG is imported into this country. And we noted that a number of the importers import very small quantities. And this is one of the reasons why they pay huge premiums to the suppliers to deliver the product into the country. So this open competitive tender that we've started... In our view, we thought that once we do this, it was going to reduce the price. And uh, from the first tender that we organized on Monday, it has proven that we were right. We engaged all the stakeholders, um, that's particularly the importers. And uh, through the engagement, we noted that once we do this, we are going to have this benefit. So we did this. And uh, it's interesting to know that currently, LPG is being imported into the country, and the importers are paying between $70 and $100 per metric ton to bring in LPG. That's what they pay to the suppliers. But from the tender that we just done, because the tender brought, uh, brings about the um, economies of scale and, and efficiency in competition, let me add that, it has reduced the winner uh, want to deliver the products to us at $30 per metric ton, which is a significant reduction in the, in the cost of importing LPG. So we believe that some of these things we are doing is going to help to reduce the cost of LPG to help us in, uh, implement the CRM successfully. All right. Just like Gabby has said, we are going to ensure that this goes to the pump for consumers to fill the reduction in pump uh, price. Thank you very much, Abbas Satunsi, for your time. He is the head of economic regulations at the National Petroleum Authority, speaking to us there. And we move on to some other stories. Some multinational companies have taken steps to reduce their tax obligations to the state by relocating outside the country. The move has been influenced by the multiplicity of taxes and the current business environment. 
tax partner at accounting firm PwC Ghana, Abeku Janquansa, who disclosed this said the development makes a strong case for government to review its tax policies. He spoke on PM Express Business Edition. Handling as a country, a lot of the monies, and if you follow public account work, a lot of the monies that the state believes it should get to provide us with a more functioning state is sitting in dispute with tax authorities. Our parliamentarians, as far back as in October 2020, George, four years ago, passed a law that if George disagrees with the GRA, come, there is an independent body to review the matters and give you an opinion before you go to court. George, four years or in its fourth year, we've done nothing about it. The natural question you ask yourself is, how are people settling their liabilities? How are people settling their issues with the revenue? Well, we haven't dealt with this. Fast forward, 20 January 2023, the Minister of Finances have liberated the board. Who is the Executive Secretary? It doesn't matter whether I know the Executive Secretary or not, but does the public know the Executive Secretary? The answer is no. Where are people going to file their cases one year after this board was inaugurated? The answer is they don't know where to go. So if all these things are not being done, and then three years later you now want to implement a law, people would revolt. So if laws are passed and we think they are bad laws, take it off the books. Mm. Don't leave it on the books and make everybody a potential criminal. These are conversations that we need to have. Abwaji also spoke on the PM Express Business Edition. There is this fees and charges from these government agencies that usually we don't talk about. Oh, yeah. But they all add up to the cost of doing business. So you go and these agencies are introducing fees and charges before all these numerous taxes. Mm. So it's not easy running a business in this country. Mm. If you want somebody to pay tax, you should also be in a position to help the person to generate the revenue. Mm. That is where the person will get the money to pay the tax. But all the things we are doing, suppose or suggest that we are not helping businesses. These same businesses that you are not putting, you are not stimulating, you are not helping them in any way, they are the ones that you want them to pay the numerous taxes, including these fees and charges. Mm. The question is how do you expect them to pay? So it's a difficult situation. Surprised by what the tax partner, PwC, is saying about some of these, and I'm using my words carefully, these hidden taxes that it will come out later, but you still have to pay for them. Yes, it's, it's an expert. Imagine that you are paying a tax on your revenue and not on your profit. And that, for me, is a way of saying that you want to kill the business. Because that revenue may even be less than the cost that they incurred in generating that revenue which they will run at a loss. Away from tax-related stories, the Bank of Ghana will cut the policy rate by another 100 basis points to 28% at the next Monetary Policy Committee meeting in March this year. That's according to Fitch Solutions. It disclosed this in its latest article that more interest rate cuts on the way in Ghana following cautious start of easing cycle. Here's more. 
Already, the UK-based firm is predicting an 800 basis points decline in the monetary policy rate to 22% in 2024. It pointed out that inflation will remain on a downward trend over the coming months, in part driven by statistical-based effects and large impact of monetary tightening. Moreover, a gradual improvement in investor sentiment and a $600 million international monetary fund disbursement will keep the exchange rate stable at roughly 12 CDs to a dollar on the interbank market throughout quarter one of 2024. As such, it alluded that the price pressures stemming from imported goods and services will remain limited over the coming months, supporting ongoing disinflationary trend. The Bank of Ghana cuts its policy rate to 29% on January 29. This, Fitch Solutions said, was in line with its expectation of a monetary easing cycle in January, prompted by a significant slowdown in inflation. We're still watching the marketplace time now for showbiz and this um, edition tiktok says it has pulled down all music by artists licensed by universal music group including taylor swift drake among others now locally artists such as stoneboy have had portions of their videos on the social media platform muted as well due to their licensing under the company in an open letter umg argued among other things that tiktok wasn't compensating its artists fairly and allowed the platform to be flooded with ai generated recordings now as well as developing tools to enable promote and encourage ai music creation on the platform itself now the contract between the two entities expired last wednesday january 31st and the breakdown is negotiation mean that the two are no more in business with each other my colleague Kenneth Awachidakon with MyJoyOnline.com is here to provide us some perspective on the first edition of the show for the year. Interesting way to start the first segment of the show um, in 2024. Um, Kenneth, tell us, what's the tussle between these two entities? So you know music licensing has to do with um, the commercialization of um, a person's artwork that goes beyond just the listening of the music. So for instance, when it comes to advertising and using them in television shows and radio shows, there's um, a company that's supposed to be um, you know, um, managing the use of you know, those um, art forms so that they're able to get you the royalties that are due you mm. when your product is used. So you, um, Universal Music Group is a company, one of the largest companies across the world that is handling um, you know, the catalog of some big artists across the, the, the world, which includes um, our own Stoneboy. Stone and so TikTok is having a legal tussle with the UMG because uh, there are some issues that have come up during their negotiations. So, for instance, UMG says they are not getting um, TikTok to pay the right you know, amount that they are supposed to be paying the artists under their label. And that is what has you know, caused all of this tussle. So, for each reason that artists such as Stoneboy and Drake have had their music pulled down, not by their choice, okay. but by the you know, the move that has been directed by the Universal Music Group. All right, so tell me the economic benefits of, you know, you putting your product on UMB. So um, putting a product on TikTok, I mean, TikTok is, it has a billion active users across the Definitely. world, right? It is one of the biggest social media platforms that, uh, you know, that is in operation right now. And mm -hmm. so for an artist to have their music being used by content creators on these platforms, it goes a long way to benefit them. For instance, um, as a local artist, you get, you know, the, 
the opportunity to expose your music to a very global audience. That's just one. Another issue is that you get a lot of exposure. If your song goes viral, it's a big thing because all of those attractions from the social media platform can also lead into leads on which go onto your various um, you know streaming platform, for instance, Spotify, Apple Music, and all of the, those you know um, apps that go on to generate revenue for the artists and their record label in general. So there are a lot of you know, benefits, but okay. these are just two of them. I guess this would have a great toll on um, Stoneboy and the likes. Yes, it is, because if you go on, on TikTok, for instance, right now and you, you type in music that you know, Stoneboy has produced and how those songs have been used for, by content creators across various platforms, you realize that a lot of them have been muted. For instance, today I went there myself, I checked on TikTok, a lot of the, the, the content that had Stoneboy's music under it have been muted because of just the fact that he is licensed to the Universal Music Group, for instance. So that is a very big, you know, drawback when it comes to, you know, marketing his music to different audiences, for which reason TikTok is one, you know, big market that he will be losing out on. Definitely, there has to be a way out. What is the way forward now, Kenneth? So at this point, there is a lot, a lot to be lost, you know, when it comes to those artists, for instance, when you look at um, you know, the, the, the reports, there's a report that you know, indicates that in the U.S. alone, TikTok you know, users nearly twice are likely you know, to discover music from that short video you know, um, um, platform. Okay. So there's a lot to, to be gained from there. But, I mean, it's not a fault of the artist. It's something that you know, these big labels are trying to you know, compromise when it comes to social media platforms. And so it's a, it's a clear case of, you know, Two elephants fighting and mm -hmm. having the, the grass to suffer. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much, Kenneth Awachida Kong, for today's edition of Showbiz. Grateful having you in studio. And that's it for the marketplace. I am Pios Kojo Baka. For more stories, do log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. Do have a lovely weekend. Bye bye.